Welcome to the Her Life Her Way podcast hosted by me, Maddie. Here at the Her Life Her Way podcast, we facilitate honest and vulnerable conversations with women from across the globe that shine a light on how we can craft a life that feels meaningful and joyful to us all. Through these conversations, you can expect to feel empowered in your journey to live, relate, and work in a way that feels nourishing for your mind, your body, and your soul. We will never shame you into thinking you aren't enough or that you are not doing enough. Alternatively, our conversations highlight the patriarchal system working against all women and will provide you with the tools, wisdom, and support you need to live a fulfilling life in spite of a system that is designed to strip women of their autonomy, joy, and wholeness. This is your life. You get to live it your way. So welcome again to the Her Life, Her Way podcast. I am so grateful that you are here, and let's tune in to the episode. Today on the show, we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Hillary Young. Hillary Young is a branding consultant and content strategist with nearly 20 years of professional experience in the storytelling space. Hillary has developed many different brands achieve greater success in the digital marketplace. Hillary has worked alongside entrepreneurs and marketing teams in order to develop their brand voice, tell powerful stories that make connections with the right audience and yield measurable results. Prior to working in marketing, Hillary worked in television production for The Colbert Report, uh, HBO, MTV, VH1, and collegehumor.com, where she oversaw production of sponsored content partnerships. Eventually, she shifted her focus away from TV and video to content and branding, still utilizing her skills as a storyteller just through a different medium. She currently resides in Philadelphia with her husband and two daughters. Thank you so much, Hillary, for being here. I'm super, super excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Of course. Well, There is so much that we could dive into during our conversation today. At the end of your wonderful bio, uh, you touched upon the fact that you have a wonderful partner and you also have two uh, beautiful daughters. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your background um, in terms of what brought you to your current business and how that has looked as also growing your family and growing the partnership um, that you mentioned during the intro. So the two are actually completely intertwined. I can't separate them out. (laughs) Um, You know, I guess, I guess I'll just, I'll start at the beginning. That's always the best place to start. Um, (laughs) My, so I was, I worked in television um, for many years. I lived in New York city and um, you know, I don't know how many people like, uh, you know, it seems like working in TV would be so glamorous and wonderful, Um, but it's actually like incredibly grueling. The hours are really tough. Um, You know, a lot of time, like, especially when I was at college humor, we produced a TV show for MTV and I, had to be on set by 6 a.m. And I usually wouldn't get home until about 9 or 10 p.m. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I was in my 20s and it, it's fun and you forge these like amazing friendships on set. And But it's really hard to have like a life outside of work. There's no yeah. balance. And so around the time, um, I must have been like 26 or 27, I had been 
actually, I started working in television when I was 18 and I just was starting to feel a little burnt out. Um, it was, it was a lot. And around that same time is when my husband came into my life. Um, we had actually gone to college together and had been friends for many years. Um, but you know, I'd friend zoned him and it just, it was never, <laughs> it was never the right time until it was. Um, and so I was really ready. I was ready to have a family. I also like, I also saw how difficult it was for women who had like made it in the industry to have any sort of balance when it came to their kids, you know, working those long hours on set. They were also, um, not with their kids a lot. Yeah. So there was really like no balance. And um, it wasn't really until like I moved into my late 20s that I even started thinking about like, well, I want a family one day. And like, this is not conducive to that. So, you know, that's, that's how I made the initial leap um, out of New York to Philadelphia and also out of television and into the marketing world um, because I needed like more structure and like, more stability in my life. Um, And then when I was 31, I was pregnant with my oldest child who just turned eight, which is like crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And yeah, I'm getting old, but um, (laughs) I, yeah. So I was pregnant with her. I was working as the communications manager um, at this medical device company And, um, they were not, it wasn't like a family friendly environment it was a very like bro centric work culture. There was a lot of like drinking and happy hours and like smoking cigars with the bosses. And, you know, especially once I got pregnant, I certainly wasn't doing any of that. Um, And I just was so frustrated with the whole experience. And the final straw for me happened when I was seven months pregnant with my oldest. It was January here in Philadelphia and there was an ice storm and I requested to work from home. And I mean, it's like hard to believe that (laughs) like they would have said no because like it's working from home is such an embedded part of the culture now. But at the time they told me no. Um, that I could not work from home. And they essentially told me I had to come in or use a vacation day. And I was so angry about the whole experience and also very aware of the fact that like, it wasn't going to be better for me. I wasn't going to have more flexibility once a baby came, right? Like to do doctor's appointments or sick days or like whatever had to happen. I wasn't going to get more flexibility for them. And I ultimately used that day off to rage build my business. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, like that's, that's how I did it. I don't think I would have been able to, I don't know that I would have had the nerve to go out on my own without it. It was definitely the push that I needed. I knew I had a maternity leave coming up. So there was like kind of this, um, you know, like a security net, a safety net under me a little bit. But I ended up like with three clients um, dedicated to working with me before I even went out on my leave. And then I used my maternity leave to do some additional business development and got two new clients and, and just didn't go back to work. 
for anyone full time. Wow, that's amazing. I love as a part of that story that like you saw that your current environment wasn't going to be aligned with the life that not only that you wanted for yourself, but that you wanted for your family as a whole, right? And you had the courage or as you said, had the nerve to like build something bigger and more beautiful and truer to you um, for yourself and your family. I want to take it back a little bit to kind of your decision to have kids. This is like a conversation people don't have a lot. Like it's a conversation folks have with uh, women that decide to be child-free, but not so much with people who are mothers. And I think that there's so much to learn for those of us who are maybe not in a place where we're having kids right now or maybe on the fence with our decision. And we, I think it's important to hear the stories of moms and what like push them in the decision of uh, into motherhood. So I would love to hear from you if you always knew that you wanted kids like growing up or if this was something that like took more introspection and thought as you got older and something that you decided more consciously as you got closer to that time frame in which you actually ended up having your first daughter. Um, that's a great question. I, um, I was never the kid who was like, I want to be a mom when I grow up. Uh, that was never me. I was always like, no. I want a corner office when I grow up. I was always <laughs> really ambitious and motivated. And for a big chunk of my childhood, I wanted to be a fashion designer. And I like had this expectation that that's what I was going to do. And I was going to be like this like famous fashion designer, um, which clearly didn't pan out for me. But um, I. I don't know. I just always was more focused on my accomplishments as a person versus like the momming part of it. But yeah. I also will say that like kids were always somewhere in there. Like they were always in like the bigger picture. I just didn't always understand how they would fit in. And I don't know how old, maybe I was 19 and I read um, I read this book. It was a book of essays by Wendy. Oh, I'm forgetting her name. She's so funny. She was like a comedy writer. She wrote essays. I'll, I'll figure out the name for you at some point. But um, she wrote a Wendy Wasserstein, Wasserman Wasserstein. She wrote this book about having a baby on her own, like getting inseminated and having a baby on her own. And she had achieved enough like professional success that this was something that was available to her. Like she could afford it and could afford help. And um, after reading that book, I was like, I, I could do that. Like, and that <laughs> kind of became how I moved through life. I made the assumption that I would like just be this professional woman working in television. I'd like, you know, run a department by the time I was 35 and then have a baby on my own. Like I just, it wasn't the partner piece. I was just like, if I want a baby, I will have a baby and I will figure it out. And I just kind of knew that that's, I don't know, that became kind of my <laughs> North star, I guess, or my fail so safe. And I was just, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Well, no, it's not it's weird. Different. It's different. Yeah, it's different. No, it's so unique. But you, there are more and more women doing that. Sorry, I don't want to cut off your story. Tell, no, it's tell okay. me more. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's good. This conversation. Um, no, yeah. So I had, I had that vision for myself. Like that was part of the plan, which I also think 
took pressure off of me in finding a partner or like hitting these milestones. I never felt this pressure of like, I need to get married. I need to have a baby. Like I need to be doing this stuff. It was really like, I have a lot of stuff I want to accomplish and I'm going to do it. And if, and when I want to have a baby and like the clock is ticking, I will figure out how to do it. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, my husband came into my life or came back into my life. You know, we had been friends for almost 10 years by the time we started dating. And when you start dating a friend, you like jump into the middle of a relationship. Like <laughs> yep. the, the beginning is really the middle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it just, it was very intense early on and like week three of dating, I remember him turning to me being like, you know, I'm going to marry you. And I said, I know, like, I just, we knew, like, it's crazy, like yeah. three weeks in and, um, you know, within eight months of dating, we moved in together. I like left my life in New York and moved to Philly and, you know, even moving here, like I wasn't ready to get married. It was a step towards that. And we knew that it was a step towards that, but like, we weren't ready. We weren't ready for kids. And then something happened once, I mean, we got married right before I turned 30. And then like the year I was 30, something just changed. Like something shifted. And it's funny. I had this conversation yesterday with a friend who wants, is consciously childless. She does not want children and I would never tell someone to do it. I don't, I think if you don't want children, you should not have children. There are a lot of work. Um, you have to be very <laughs> committed. <laughs> yeah. You have to be very committed to it. Yeah. Um, but like I told her, I was like, it didn't, it almost didn't seem like a choice to me that I was making at that point. At that point, I would like see pregnant women on the street and like tear up because I wanted it so badly. I wanted to be pregnant. I wanted a pregnant belly. I wanted to be like, I just wow. wanted it like biologically something totally shifted inside of me. And, um, yeah. And then I, I got knocked up and <laughs> we had a baby. Um, and then we decided eventually to have a second one because we have two, I have two girls and, um, no regrets. I no regrets, but like kids are a lot of work. And if you aren't on the fence about having them, I would say don't have them. Like you need to be like totally committed and wanting to have them because you have to be fully engaged and present. Like your main responsibility becomes guiding and like molding these people. And if you're not all in, you know, it doesn't turn out so well for anyone. <laughs> well, yeah. So I guess, so you hit 30 and you had this like biological thing happen. It sounded like where all of a sudden it was like, I want this desperately more than like I've ever thought. <laughs> it, like, was something yeah, it was like my background. uterus hurt. Like it was like yeah. my uterus was like, please put a baby in here. Like I need it. So it was crazy. That's so interesting. I've heard mm -hmm. other women say that too. So that happened. And I actually hear women talk about that happening around like their early 30s, which is like mm -hmm. an interesting timestamp. Okay, so that happened. You had your first, who is now eight. How old mm -hmm. is your second daughter? She will be five in June. Five. So there's a three-year mm -hmm. gap. For you, did you know that you always wanted multiple kids? Um, yeah. I did. Yeah. I um, I... 
I think, you know, everyone makes choices. We know a lot of families who have only children. Personally, I had siblings. I have two brothers and my husband has a sister. Um, and I, I was overwhelmed being in a house with three of us. Like it was just <laughs> chaos all the time. And I was like, I knew I didn't want three. I felt like two was a good number. I feel like the only children I know, they're a little lonely. Like they just get lonely um, or they become like adults a little too quickly because they're like just treated like an adult because they ha- do everything with their parents. Yeah. Which again is like, uh, that's like, that's what some people want. And that is great. But like, I wanted this like buddy experience for my kids. And I also feel very grateful. It's so funny. Like we were at the park the other day and I got my kids ice cream from the ice cream truck, which I like never do, but I got extra mom points for that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the, and like, you know, my girls are like really cute and funny and and the ice cream guy got like such a kick out of them and he's like I hope you have a boy and I was like no I'm good with two girls and leave me alone sir <laughs> yeah and also like I don't want a boy like I yeah. really we really love having two girls um actually when we found out that like my little one was going to be a girl again my husband was so happy because he like loves being a girl dad and I never had a sister so like experiencing and witnessing the sister relationship through my kids has been such an awesome part of my life and like such an amazing thing to witness that um, I'm also very glad that it's two girls and and not a boy and a girl or two boys like I really like the sister thing. (laughs) That's so fun and that's such a cool point that you brought up because I also grew up with two brothers and so I never had a sister, but was always jealous of people that did, (laughs) especially now that I'm older, right? I'm like, oh, I wish sometimes I had a sister too. Just it's a completely different dynamic. So it's so beautiful that you're able to like witness that and experience that type of relationship now in your own daughters and be able to facilitate um, that relationship between the two of them, which is really beautiful. So I guess Another question I have for you is a lot of women talk about the transition and the differences between the transition from zero to one kid versus from one to two. And now, especially I want to intertwine, you also had a business (laughs) during this whole thing. So I'd love to hear for you what that experience was like running your business while also transitioning from zero to one. And then what happened from one to two? So... I've heard different opinions on this. Personally, I found zero to one to be much, much easier than going from one to two. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I actually, I was never diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I had prepartum depression. I was so uncomfortable at the end. Like I had a great pregnancy and then from like eight and a half months through birth, um, I was so big. I was so uncomfortable. I couldn't sleep. All yeah. I wanted was to get this baby out of my body. Like I just <laughs> didn't want it in there anymore. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. Like get it out. Um, and then also the anxiety of like waiting for it to come. I was yeah. just like, I just like, it's time, like get out of my body. Um, that I think there was just this sense of calm and peace that totally washed over me when the baby finally came. It was just like pure bliss. 
Mm. I was so happy. And it was also wonderful because I was on maternity leave technically that first time around and also was starting a business. So like when, I mean, my first one was so good. She started sleeping long stretches through the night at like six weeks, Oh wow. <laughs> which gave me, gave me time to like get a little work done for clients or like, you know, like I'd wear her and like walk around and have a client call, like, and she'd sleep on me. And, um, I just loved the whole experience. And then like, as she got older, I also loved that I kind of had like one foot in like stay at home mom world and one foot in working mom world because, you know, by the four month mark, a lot of the moms who worked had to go back full time to work and like, weren't at the music classes and like story times or like at wherever I don't even remember like where we took the babies <laughs> so doing <laughs> like taking walks and doing mom things um and at the same time the stay-at-home moms seemed really bored to me like I just I wouldn't want my whole life to be like staring at this baby like it's I great gonna, I was gonna ask it's you not that, for me questions if you wanted to quit your business and just do the motherhood no definitely no. A big no for you <laughs> yeah I don't know if this will be an actual video recording but like if you can't see my face and you're just listening to this it's that a, was a hell no no yeah no I knew stay-at-home momming was not for me and you know I think part of it is I had invested over a decade into building my career and building up this part of my life, the thought of just leaving it behind was absurd to me. Like I'm, I've worked so hard. Like I'm absolutely not doing that. Yeah. And the the majority of moms I know who became stay at home moms did not feel fulfilled in that part of their life. So it, they like weren't happy at work. So it made sense. Like you're not enjoying that part of your life. Why would you want to go back into it? And this is like a get out of jail free card <laughs> to have a baby and just like take care of it you know yeah but that um yeah I I don't I yeah no I have no regret and even now like there are I, we still have like a handful of like mom friends who are stay-at-home moms and like our kids are older our youngest will be going to kindergarten next year and they want to find something to do like it's you know it's not easy now. It's being a stay-at-home mom is not the easier choice. It, like nothing is easy when you're a mom, but staying home with your kid and being like fully in like kid world is very hard. Yeah, I I've heard that from uh, other women that I know that are stay-at-home moms too. It's just so much you and child time, you know, like not enough, mm -hmm. like adult conversation. And I think that like, sometimes as a society, we have this expectation of women and expectation of mothers that once they become parents, like their whole identity, especially in like the first like few years of being a mom is like, you are mom and only mom. Like, it's like, you can't be mom and like working professional and loving partner and like, amazing friend. It's like, no, you are mom and that is all, you know? And so I know that you have to prioritize, obviously, your kids more than like all the other relationships in your life, just because it is a lot of work, which we'll talk, or not more than, but equal to. Yeah, no, you don't. Um, 
(laughs) (laughs) just differently. It's just a different, it's a different, like you're, you know, it also changes like when they're infants, you are, they are literally dependent on you to stay alive. Right. Like that's what I was getting at. (laughs) I, I also was a breastfeeding mom. So, you know, and I made it to about like eight or nine months with both kids, which is, I don't know how people make it to a year or beyond. Like as soon as they have teeth and are like asking for things, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Good day. You're eating solid foods. But um, I know. <laughs> yeah. And because it's really hard. Like for me, the hardest part was also the physical, like physically being needed, the emotional, be- like, it's not just like, oh, like I'm just taking care of this baby. It's like physically they rely on you for survival if you're breastfeeding, they need you. They don't need dad. So like dad waking up at night isn't going to do much <laughs> of anything because he doesn't have a boob. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're not breastfeeding and dad can heat up a bottle, that's great. But most of the time they want mom, you know, when they're sick, they want mom. Also, like I had the more flexible work schedule. So for all the doctor's appointments and sick days and all of yeah. that stuff, it was always mom. Um, you know, emotionally also, like as they've gotten older, it's like, I mean, it's kind of more equal. My husband is involved in like some of the emotional heavy lifting, but like, you know, it's all, it's a lot. And that's actually part of why I found going from one to two being so hard because now I not only was like breastfeeding and having like a baby on me constantly, but I had a three-year-old who wanted to like be near me and touching me constantly. And yeah. I was just like, if one more person touches me, I'm going to lose it. I'm lose it. Like, you know, I think I'm starting to see it more, like talked about more in the mom world recently, but like sensory overload is a big thing for moms. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. It, yeah. I get touched out. I get sounded out. Like I get like, it's like too much, too much noise, too much touching, too much needing me. Like, I just, I can't, like I, and I put myself in timeouts. I'm like, I need a timeout. Like, everyone leave me alone. Like go to my room and I take like five minutes and I come back. But um, yeah, it's not easy. On that kind of note too, like what came up for me there is like, I'm just like in awe of your story specifically. Like, you were in the beginning phases of your business. So trying to figure that whole shit out. And then you were in the beginning of like being a mom. And then within just a few years, you had two, right? So how would you like show up for yourself on days where you were feeling like overstimulated by your role as a parent? And also maybe had like stressful business things going on? Like, how did you manage that? I should say. I don't know, Maddie. (laughs) I love the honesty (laughs) I think you know look I think um not knowing what the hell I was doing when I first started as a mom and as a business really helped me like it really served me I didn't know anything I didn't know how to be a mom I didn't know you know like everything was new I didn't know how to run a business and also like the initial iteration of my business looked very different then than it does now. Like there was a very natural evolution. Like it happened personally and professionally, like it was happening at the same time. So, you know, you know, when you're starting a business, it takes a long time to get clients and get client work. So it actually served me really well. I was working very part-time 
for the first like two years of my oldest daughter's life. Um, maybe like 20, 15 or 20 hours a week that first year. And then um, I supplemented it like a, a local like digital marketing agency hired me to do some freelancing. So like that helped me like supplement it. And, you know, the days that I had to go into their office to, you know, like work with their, the team, um, my mother-in-law would come help with the baby. So like, that was great. You know, it also like I was breastfeeding, so I didn't have to like deal with like pumping in an office. You know, I mean, there were actually when I started working at that agency, I was still breastfeeding. And I remember they didn't have a space to breastfeed. They put me in like a supply closet and I would oh <laughs> breastfeed pump in the supply closet. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, that's, it was interesting. That's not like I've heard that's not so uncommon. <laughs> I, like I've heard that from other women too. That's so interesting. So it's like, you just figured it out on your own more than anything. I think when I ask moms, these types of questions, it's like, I didn't have a plan, but you figure it out. It's yeah. like, it's a unique journey to everyone. And it's overwhelming for almost everyone at the start, because it's something new. That's like, no matter what you're doing, that's new. It's just like, gonna take some time to adjust to and you just like figure it out as you go. I think like, what can feel scary as someone who is like, making or deciding whether or not they want to have kids is like you want to be sure <laughs> you want to like have but there's not like any decision that you're going to make in your life where you're going to like a hundred percent know how that outcome will feel for you it's like you adjust yeah. and you make it feel good for your life as you go would you like yeah. agree with that experience of your motherhood so far 100 yeah. percent. and you know it's so funny I, I had a call this morning with a potential new client and, you know, she was telling me about like how her business has changed. And she's also a mom. I like, we, I knew she was a mom before we started talking. And, and I said to her, I was like, it's a lot like the figuring out your business is a lot like being a mom because the needs of your kid change and over the years and like everything, it doesn't get easier. It, it gets easier and other things get harder. Right. Yeah. So like, when you're growing a business, okay, yeah, year three, it's great, but now your business is huge and now you have new problems, new hard things to think about. And it's like, if you can run a business, you can <laughs> run a child. I don't know, you know, and like, I also just think moms are really good at like, you have to think on your feet. Like you have to get, you know, I don't know if you remember the show MacGyver. There's a show MacGyver when I was like a little kid that my dad always watched and it was like he they'd be like trapped somewhere and he'd be like quick I need an avocado and a screwdriver and a straw and he'd like <laughs> figure out how to get out and like momming is kind of like that you have to like really think on your feet and like get creative about your problem solving and I feel like it served me so well in my business to have that skill set like that parenthood has really primed me to like utilize those skills and I've brought it into my business in like the best way possible so totally I don't know sense. you just figure it all out yeah and what I've noticed too kind of along that same storyline of like how mother being a mom really has informed and helped the way that you run your business I've even noticed we work with a ton of moms um here at the agency and I've noticed like the mom the moms particularly communicate in a way that uh they have so much patience and grace, <laughs> which is like comes from dealing with a toddler <laughs> um, for however many years, which I think is really 
special. I think like a lot of the conversation around motherhood and business is like, this is how like you can juggle it all or balance it all. This is like some of the ways that being a mom makes like running a business difficult. But I would love, I love the narrative of like, no, like actually being a mom, while it will come with its struggles from time to time, of course, it makes you even more qualified to run a business because you have the skill set from being a mom that you need to be a super um, informed and successful entrepreneur. And now a brief break to hear from one of our sponsors. The Her Life, Her Way podcast is sponsored by Her, a women-owned and operated virtual assistant and online business management agency that provides female-identifying founders and leaders from around the globe with creative and technical support. With over 4,500 log client hours and over 130 clients served in just three years, our highly skilled and trained team has been able to provide high quality, reliable, and strategic support that has helped our clients to create sustainable growth in their businesses while also taking some much needed time off. As shown by her 90% client retention rate, her customers love, trust, and are empowered in their work with our beloved team members. Our mission at Her is to empower and enable more female founders to do more of what they love with the people they love while leaving a lasting impact on the communities that matter most to them. Some of the services our virtual assistants provide include email marketing, inbox and calendar management, course design and management, podcast management, blog writing, Instagram management, and website management. While our highly skilled online business managers support our clients with systems and processes management, launch strategy and implementation, client experience management, project management, and team management. If any of these services sound like they would be helpful to you and your business, we would love to connect with you to learn more about you and your own specific needs. Feel free to go to our show notes to learn more about her and the work that we do as an agency. We would absolutely love to support you and the amazing work that you are doing within your community. So once again, go to the link in the show notes to learn more about our agency and connect directly with me, Maddie, the founder of her, to book your own discovery call to talk about next steps and getting you the support that you need and you deserve. So now back to the show. Um, I think, in, you know, I also, so I, you know, I work one-on-one with clients, but I also do consulting for bigger companies. Um, yeah. You know, like they bring me in for marketing consulting and strategy. And I have managed teams in that capacity and the feedback I have gotten from the people I have managed almost across the board is that I was the best boss they ever had. <laughs> um, I didn't do any handholding. I am a good listener. Um, I want to help them problem solve, but I also don't want to solve their problems for them. Um, I try to empower them to like find the best way out for themselves and like solve the problem for themselves. And like, that's also what I bring to the table as a mom. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it is very like, I'm nurturing. I'm empathetic. Like, okay, you're late to something. Life happens. Like I get it. I'm not going to be like, you know, like I think when you don't have kids, you're so focused on like 
yourself, you know, I mean, which is great, like good, like you should be folks, like that's <laughs> the benefit of not having kids. You get to focus on yourself, like that's great. But I think it then makes it hard to be empathetic about what other people are dealing with. Like having a boss that like, doesn't like is angry that you're late all the time. And it's like, well, I dropped two kids off at two different schools in the morning, you know, like, so for yeah. me, if I were the boss, I would be like, Hey, I noticed it's really hard for you to get here at 9am. Like, why don't we make your start time 945 or 10 o'clock? And like, you'll just work a little bit later, or like, you'll work at home, like, there's always a creative solution to it. And I think it also helps to have that kind of empathy in the workplace whether at the corporate level or in a business or whatever it is, understanding that, you know, part of why I started my business in the first place was no work-life balance, no flexibility, no, like the, the need to be there 24 seven, as if I don't have a life, like that's not reasonable. People no, have lives not. and like, you have to bring that to the business world. And I think being a parent gives you that perspective that like you just wouldn't have otherwise. And like it, it makes you a more human leader and a more human person to interact with. And people respect that. As I totally agree. And I think too, I liked how you said the end. It's a whole different perspective because I, if you don't have kids, that's just a whole subset of experiences that you will never have in your life for good or for bad, whatever it may be. Like for some people, that's the best choice they could ever make for themselves. Um, however, that's not to say like, you just won't ever understand the experiences of parents, right? So you won't be able to empathize on the same level, just like parents will never be able to empathize on the same level as someone who has chosen not to have kids, right? It brings different perspectives to the table. Um, but I do tend to agree with you that the moms that I've interacted with that own their own businesses, they make really, really wonderful leaders and really capable leaders because of their experience molding and shaping their children. Um, you talked a little bit about in your last response, like in your last job, you saw um, a lot of women who had kids not have any work-life balance um, in the TV industry specifically, um, specifically when it came to their kids. I'd love to hear now that your kids are older, right? Five and eight, and your business is eight years in, right? Because mm -hmm. it coincides with your first daughter. Cool. What does your life look like now? Like the day-to-day -day and balancing being a mom, being a friend, being a partner, and being a business owner. Um, how is that feeling for you in this moment, in the season of your life and business? Um, I have entered like a, let's say the season of me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like for you. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like I'm finally getting my life back, my time back, my kids, I mean, obviously need me, but they don't like need me to survive. Yeah. Um, my oldest, you know, like they can go get food from the pantry when they're hungry. They can, <laughs> you know, like they can grab a yogurt out of the fridge, like they let us sleep in they'll watch TV in the morning. Like it's a totally, it's a totally different ball game now that they're a little bit older and I'm reclaiming my time as a, as a result, like as a direct result of that. And I think it's really important for them to see that I'm not available to them all the time. Like, I think that's a really good thing to be modeling for them because I, that wasn't necessarily modeled to me as a kid. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and 
Um, she seemed really stressed out all the time and not so happy all the time and didn't really do much for herself. Um, and I just was like, I don't want that. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I, that doesn't look appealing to me. Um, and I've made like a really conscious effort to model other behavior for them. Um, and then I'll also say like, both of them are in school. So my oldest is in second grade. Um, my little one is in preschool. Uh, she'll be entering kindergarten next year. And, but like she does a full day, like five days a week, full day preschool, which she has done for the last, I mean, really since my little one, my oldest started kindergarten, like they've kind of been on the same different places, but same schedule. That's nice. And then we have a babysitter who is just wonderful. She's been with us for about two years. Um, and she goes and pick, you know, she does the after school pickups because like, I can't drop what I'm doing at three o'clock in the afternoon to go and do after school things. So yeah. she's there for after school stuff and she takes them to the park and um, bathes them. And then I basically come home and I cook dinner and she brings them downstairs and like everyone will eat. So, um, you know, and it's great. And they like having this thing outside of me. They like having something that I'm, I don't have my hands in and like, that's their own. Um, you know, I think it fosters independence in them and it also takes pressure off of me to like cram all my work into like five hours of the day, you know, or like, three hours because really by the time I drop them off and then do what I need to do and then have to leave to pick them up it's it's really not a lot of time so um you know we're kind of like a well-oiled machine and then obviously there's like holidays and school breaks and whatever and I plan accordingly like I'll tell my clients like I'm not working next week or I have very limited hours for spring break right or um my daughter has a day off next Friday and I'm going to take the little one out of school too and I think I'm going to take them to the Franklin Institute oh, and I'll fun. just like yeah and I'm just going to like cancel all my calls for that day and do like a fun mom day so I like that I have the ability to do that as I see fit and as my family needs like I'm totally in control of my schedule and I like being able to do that for them yeah and I am curious too, because I think a lot of people that will tune into this podcast are going to be business owners to start. Um, so I, how have your clients responded to you taking that time and how do you communicate that to them? Um, I'm just curious about your experience there because I know a lot of people, even people who aren't moms are worried about telling their clients, I'm going to be out of office. It's like a fear that they have. So I want to provide like a positive reaffirming story because you are skilled at it and your clients do well with it. So how do you communicate that and how do they handle that? So I have a pretty good screening process for new clients. And if anyone, if I get catch a vibe that anyone will not be flexible or <laughs> has unrealistic expectations or has boundary issues, I will not take them on as a client. So um, I would say consciously building a business of clients that are that we like share the same values is a really important um, first step in that. And then yeah. I also make sure to give them enough advance notice. But also a lot of people I work with, 
if they're not already parents, they are just like kind, normal people who understand that stuff comes up and like things have to be rescheduled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's like a nor like they have realistic expectations. So, and because I'm typically so reliable, I don't do it often. Like, and I, you know, everyone's pretty cool about it. Like, Again, this morning, I had a few calls this morning and one of them was with um, like a, I had two potential new client calls, like two discovery calls this morning. And um, one of them had booked it for nine o'clock, which happened to be like a, there was a weird glitch in my Calendly because I can't really take nine o'clock calls. I do the double drop off in the morning. I drop off at elementary school and at preschool and I cannot make it home to like be there and like ready to go for a nine o'clock call. Yeah. And I emailed her this morning saying, I'm so sorry to do this. Can we, can I call you closer to 9.15? Because I, and like, I'm not afraid to say I am a mom and I have to do, I dropped both of my kids off at school and she, I didn't know at the time that she was a mom, but she wrote back being like 100%, no problem. And yeah. when we got on the phone, she was like, I'm also a mom. Like, I totally get it. And like, I'm happy to accommodate. Like when you put it out there and you're not afraid to just be like, Hey, I'm not hiding the fact that I'm a mom and I have kids and like I have they have needs. Yeah. People will really like show up and respond to it. Like they're pretty open to it. Yeah, you just have to own your shit. Like you, you just have to be authentic because to pretend that you're not a mom when that's such a large piece of your life would force you to show up in your business in a way that would feel totally draining because you'd be like putting on this mask every day just to show up for clients. For what? Like, that's just like people pleasing to like the hundredth degree. <laughs> and we don't want that. But again, with the like consciously building yep. your client base, if your if your clients are the kinds of people who wouldn't be cool with it or flexible with it, like they can take a hike. Like, I don't want to work with them anyway. You know, like anyone yeah. I work with would have that flexibility and that humanity and that understanding and a big part of what I do you know like what you see is like I you see me on Instagram like I make these silly videos and I'm, yeah they're so fun but like I'm very authentically myself like people see and know what they're gonna get with me right so yep. like I am a big believer in building authentic businesses and always leading with so if like someone thinks that because I'm a mom I'm not bringing all this expertise to the table or I'm not capable or I'm not smart enough or I can't do it, then again, they can get the fuck out of here because yeah. <laughs> like, no way. I'm more capable. I have better time management skills. I'm going to show up for you. I'm going to do the best possible job and like, and I'm going to do it in a way that feels good and authentic for both of us. Yeah, I love that you're pointing that out. And I also love that you specifically highlighted, like, be intentional about the clients that you call in, because I think there's so much messaging, especially when you're first starting your business, take anyone that will have you like mm -hmm. this because of the scarcity mindset, you know, like you need to have the clients, you need to have the money. But what I've learned yesterday was just our three year anniversary. And oh, one of the congratulations. <laughs> one of the biggest takeaways that I have learned in three years is who you allow into your business, whether that be team members or clients, 
will determine the success, longevity, sustainability, and overall peace of mind that you have and your business has um, for the long term. And so I really, again, just want to reiterate just how important that piece of information that you share with us is, is like you get to decide who has access to your space, your digital space, your mental space, anything. You get to decide who has access to you. Um, yes, your clients are paying you. So yes, you should uphold what you are promising them. However, you get to be discerning in who gets to be in partnership with you, who gets to um, enjoy and reap the benefits of the services that you are providing, um, which I think is the beauty of being an entrepreneur, right? You're not an employee <laughs> that has to just work with anyone doing anything. You get to be discerning about um, who you spend your time with and how you spend your time. I mean, to that extent, I will also say that I think motherhood <clears throat> made me a better bouncer in that regard because, <laughs> yeah, like time management, like if it's just your own time that people are wasting, that's one thing. But if it's like, if you're cutting into like my, time with my children or, you know, like time management plays a much larger role in everything when you are a parent. And if you, yeah, I mean, if like, I don't think that I had the courage to be um, like to boot clients the way Same. that I have, like I've fired clients um, yeah. and I've raised my rate exponentially because I'm like, if you're taking time away from me being like from my momming or like me being with my husband or doing something for myself, like this is going to be, we're going to make it worth my time. Right. Like I think being a mom actually gave me the courage to be like, I want to be making more money than this. Or like, I want to not be dealing with this high maintenance client, or I want to not be, like I have so much else to think about and so much else going on that like, this is just not good time management for me at this point. Yeah. I love that you point that out because it almost is like it highlights your priorities and your values when you have a kid, right? It like highlights to you how important it is to spend time with the people that you love. And I think that's something that um, people who aren't moms can take away from this episode too, is like, Notice what you value in your life, whether it be your kids, time with your partner, time with your animals, time outside, whatever it may be, and see like, is my business and the way that I'm conducting my business, the way that I'm interacting with the people in my business, allowing me to dedicate time and energy towards um, those things that I value? Because if not, then you're basically just creating a whole new corporate job for yourself. Um with a little bit well, more flexibility, right? Yeah. Well, you're creating something that you'll eventually resent. Like exactly. you're not going to feel good about it or have like that fire for it or still feel passionate about it. Like I truly love what I do. I love the connection I have with my clients. You know, like they really have to let me in. Like we do a lot of deep work on the business and a lot of them have called me like a business therapist um, <laughs> because like we go there, you know, like I essentially like create a space for them to pause and think strategically and intentionally about their business and what they want to build and how to get there. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's such an honor for me to do that. And I love like, you know, after eight years of doing this, has it evolved and changed over the years? Absolutely. It has, but I still, I've, I've been intentional about it at every step of the way. And I still 
love what I do so much that I, I honestly can't imagine like not doing this anymore. Like I, I really love it. And my kids see that too. Like my girls see that and like, see what I bring to the table. And like, I show them some of my reels and they like, what they're like, did you make a video today? And they like love watching the stupid reels that I do. Like they're, they're such fans. They love it. They love seeing their mom like crushing it. And it's such an amazing thing for me. You know, like I caught them playing, like they were playing with each other and they were, they had these walkie talkies that they were using as phones and they were, <laughs> they were playing work. Like they weren't playing house. They were playing work. And I walked in, I was like, what are you guys doing? And my big one held up a finger like this. <laughs> Which is something she sees me do to her when like she'll walk in and I'll have a phone with like a client or something. <laughs> but it's, it's amazing how much they take in and how much they absorb and like will model of what they see. And like, I would, I want them to be proud of their mom out there crushing it, you know, it keeps me going. That's really, really sweet. And just so important too. I think that the more we can have positive role models for kids, positive female role models, you know, that are displaying independence that are displaying like I'm a woman that goes after what I want and dreams big for myself that's like basically displaying all the messaging that is the antithesis to a lot of the messaging that's going on in the media for young girls (laughs) um it's just so so crucial and really really important um so to wrap this up I have two last questions for you before we'll then share a little bit more about you and your work and go through some rapid fire questions but I would love to hear, again, in this season of your life, in this season of your business, what are the things that you love most about your business and the things you love most about being a mom? These are great questions. Um, I think what I love most about both of those things, like I kind of think it's the same answer, is really getting to play a large role in helping others be successful, right? So Mm -hmm. that's exactly the purpose of my business is to help other businesses grow through strategic storytelling. And it's amazing to watch my clients have these like aha moments or these (laughs) light bulbs or, you know, a client I um, was on, I was, I had a session with yesterday, like part of what she said to me when we first started working was like, I hate social media. I don't want to do it. Like, I don't care what you say. Like, I'm just, I'm not into it. And I'm like, I promise you after we do some of this work, you're going to want to be on there because you're going to feel so excited about like what you want to say to people. And she's like, I don't know. And then yesterday when we started the call, she's like, I can't even tell you. She's like, I'm obsessed with Instagram. I'm having so much fun with it. She's like, I've already hit my like goals for the year like we we had set a goal for her like a content strategy goal to hit by Q3 she hit it by the end of Q1 wow. and yeah and she's just like it like changes her life like it's just so and like having this confidence and like that's exactly my job as a mom right like after the years of just like keeping them alive <laughs> now I get to like shape them and like they don't belong to me my children are just in my, I don't know, my general care, like under my supervision, yeah. <laughs> but like they don't belong to me. They're their own people. And they're so different, the two of them, that like, it's been such a wonderful experience for me to like, figure out what both of them need and help figure out how to 
help boost their confidence and feel good about themselves and like go out into the world and have voices and not, you know, and be brave and be resilient and like, you know, same thing with my clients to like watch them out in the world succeeding and being confident and being happy and achieving their dreams. Like it's, it's, it's the same. It really is like, it's the best part of parenthood. And, you know, like the payoff I think is a little bigger as a parent because it's like, this is someone like, I mean, I'm like molding who they are as people. (laughs) Um, You know, like with my eight year old, especially like there's some like complicated stuff that's coming up with friends and self-esteem and even like body stuff is like starting to come up and being able to be a person that she can depend on, that she can come to, that will never judge her, that, you know, will listen and really help guide her. Um, It's such a privilege. Like, it's just such a wonderful privilege to be able to do that for little people. I love that. Oh, that's so (laughs) sweet. (laughs) That was the perfect question to end on. Um, So can you let the people know (laughs) where they can – um get in touch with you we also know that you have an amazing course that i would love for you to share more about um so i'm gonna open the floor up to you just share where we can get in touch and share more about um how you support folks so um i i am a brand strategist and a content strategist and really like a marketing consultant but um i really focus on like brand marketing and content strategy and um essentially what that means is i help other people, other businesses grow their businesses through strategic storytelling. And um, I love what I do, but I also, you know, I especially can be, I I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm I'm reasonable pricing, but like for startups and very small businesses, um, it's not always, you know, it's hard and your money, you're, you're not as willing to spend it when you are first starting out. So I actually launched a brand strategy course, which helps businesses figure out all of their messaging, like how to position themselves for success in the marketplace. And it takes its um, 12 chapters. um, So, and it's like, you get nine exercises, like nine worksheets with exercises to do. You get this final like brand foundation document that will house all of this information from you. There's also a series of eight emails that trigger once you get the course that have like additional information and prompts and homework. And it's a self-paced course, but it takes you through, um, you know, start to finish figuring out your mission statement, your value propositions, your audience segmentation, your brand personality, your brand story, um, your brand values. I mean, your elevator pitch, right? Like all of the things that you need to successfully talk about what you do on your website, on Instagram, in sales sheets, whatever you need, all of it is there. Um, and it's in course form now. So, um, Everything you can find out more about what I do on my website, which is hillaryyoungcreative.com, and that's Hillary with one L. Um, <laughs> and I know I'll give you the direct link to the course page because I, anyone who listens to the podcast, I would love to um, offer them $50 off the price of a course um, if they use the code HERWAY. Um, so we'll include some information about that as well. 
And then, you know, I give out a ton of free tips like branding and content tips on my Instagram, which is Hillary Young Creative at Hillary Young Creative. Um, I'm on Twitter at H Young Creative. I'm on TikTok, Hillary Young Creative. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me honestly everywhere. Um, but if you're looking to grow your business and figure out what to say and how to approach content, you should follow me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, your content is so, so amazing. Um, and we will include all of those links in the show notes. So anyone that wants to follow along with you or specifically anyone that wants to work with you or buy your course, which is such a great resource, by the way, because they get all of your years of experience <laughs> um, in a self-paced course, which is just mind-blowing. Um, all of that will just Thank be you. in the show notes for folks to have. Um, so the last thing we'll do, I am asking everyone on the show um, a series of rapid fire questions. So you can just take a couple seconds to answer each one. Um, it starts out easy and then a little bit more in depth as we go. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do this. So the first one is sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Mountains or beach? Ooh, that's a tough one. Both. <laughs> Both. Uh, what is one word you'd use to describe yourself? Uh, outgoing. <laughs> what would you want your last meal to be? Ooh, that's a really tough one. I know. <laughs> ah, um, what would I want my last meal to be? I don't know. I, I mean, I can't really think. It's probably Italian food, some some sort of Italian food. Anything Italian would work. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, if tomorrow were your last day, how would you want to spend it or who would you want to spend it with? My family and my friends. Perfect. And then if you could leave the world with one last piece of advice, what would it be? It would be that life is just way too short to be anything other than yourself. So, you know, look inside yourself and stop trying to be more like other people and figure out what makes you unique and turn it into your superpower. Oh, I love that. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest on our show. It means the world to me. We love working with you. You are a client at our agency. Um, but more than anything, I just feel really grateful to be connected with you and to have amazing conversations like this with you. So thank you for taking the time um, and being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Of course. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Her Life, Her Way podcast. I am so grateful that you have found your way here and that you carved out some time out of your day and your busy schedule to be a part of this community and tune into these conversations. If you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could take just a quick moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Subscribers and reviews really, really help the growth of our podcast long term. So if you are appreciating the conversations that we're having and you believe in the mission of what we're trying to do here with this podcast, it would go a 
super long way if you could take again just a moment to subscribe to the pod and leave a review or even share with a friend if you enjoyed this episode in particular. Thank you again for being here and we will see you next time.